Hey everyone, just a quick message before the show. We're a relatively new podcast, and we'd really like to grow our audience. So if you could share this with a friend or family, we'd really appreciate it. You can find us at anchor.fm forward slash dungeon delving. And if you really want to help us out, show us some support on that page. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Hello, welcome to Dungeon Delving. I'm Brandon Wagner. I'm Adam McKeever. And I know last episode I said Nexus Paladins, but I forgot monks are a thing. So we're talking about monks this week. Yeah, uh, we, we need to go sit in search this class and figure out the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, I'm honestly not surprised I forgot monks a thing, though. I mean, I feel like we haven't had that many monks at our table. Uh, and I, I can only think of two. Andrew played a monk in Ravnica. <laughs> Yep. But he got that is it flamethrower and used that the whole campaign. True. And then you played Monkus for a few sessions. Yep. And I mean upcoming we've got Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. And Phil's playing a drunken fist monk. And Sersha is playing a I'm a steal the Pokemon monk right now. <laughs> but Yeah. It's weird because I used to be obsessed with monks. Like all I wanted to do is I wanted to play a monk in 3-5. I wanted to play a monk in Final Fantasy. And I keep falling away from monks, and I don't know why. They're so cool. They they're can, sweet. They can blast people with their chi, and they can punch things, and they don't wear a whole lot of clothing. And One of those sweet unarmored classes. Yeah. And I like martial arts films about, you know, Shaolin monks and all those cool foreign East Asian films that uh-huh. are freaking dope and are very much what the monk in 5e's looks like. Yep. Hi, Tim. Hello. But... Yeah, so so let's go through Tasha's real quick, and then we'll kind of talk about monks and monasteries. And because I mentioned that when I talked about monks by myself forever ago, was when you play a monk, you got a monastery that you trained at, and that kind of puts something in your world, right? But I do like the idea of a monk that isn't tied to a monastery, like maybe your master was like Zenyatta from Overwatch and just kind of wanders the world, spreading. True. There, there has to have been some sort of teaching to it. Right, at some point, yeah. You had to have been taught the, the, the path to enlightenment and all that fun stuff. But we'll, we'll come back. To, we'll circle back to that. What do you got? One, two, three, four new base class features. Uh, dedicated weapon lets you turn a weapon, focus your chi on it, and make it a monk weapon. Which, before Tasha's, I'm pretty sure that was something that only the Kensai got to do. And the Kensai still gets, like... I think by 20th level, you can have like six monk weapons that you're attuned to, quote unquote. Right. Whereas if you're not a Kensai, now you can have one. Yeah. But I do like it because I, as much as I like the unarmed monk punching things, I also like the weapon master monk and yeah. kind of that weapon side of yeah. martial no, arts. No, no heavier special properties. Right. I guess the melee too. No, just uh, to be simple or martial. Yep. Um, then you also got the Chi Fu. Chi Fu. Chi I hope I'm saying that. I hope, I'm, I hope it's chi and not key. Yeah, I, I, I think this is going to be key. Because it's key. The, key. the key fueled attack. Yep. Yeah. Um, Which lets you spend a key point to make an attack as a bonus action. So, woo! So you can flurry of blows. You can attack, flurry of blows, use your bonus action to hit again. Yep. Just more and more punchy. The thing about the monk is that you get a limited pool of key points and it's I feel like it's very easy just I haven't played a monk in 5e but just reading it I'm like 
it is really easy to burn through all of these in like two rounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just bust your nut right off the bat in combat. And, 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 and you know, <laughs> that's actually kind of thematic because it's just like, well, yeah, you could do that, but a monk would be reserved and hold things back. Right, yeah, save your key for more actions. And, and, and know the precise point when you need to actually hit the punch to Excuse like, me. have the most impact. To really get that omai wo moshinderu. Yeah, you can play moment. play the fist, play Kenjiro from Fist of the North Star as your monk. He's way of the open hand. Way of the open hand is kind of like the default martial artist. I mean, he's actually way of the North Star, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> Homebrew subclass. Way of the North Star. Uh, you get quickened healing, which lets you use your key points to um, roll a martial arts die and heal yourself. Plus for which is pretty good. And then, of course, focused aim, which when you miss, you can spend up to three key points to increase your roll by two for each key point spent this way. So okay. you can be like, oh, I missed. I'm going to spend three key points and get plus six to the hit. <laughs> it's kind of like when they like punch past somebody's face and you're like, ha, you didn't hit me. And then all of a sudden, like the aftershock just comes through and wrecks them. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about Tasha's is I feel like a uh, fighter kind of steps on Monk's toes a little bit with, with Tasha's cauldron. Yeah. So you get the unarmed fighting proficiency. You get, I think there's a new unarmed feat in Tasha's, if I remember correctly. But, but, uh, at, at this but there's point, a difference Monk, between yeah. your between your pugilist and your martial artist. Yeah, Monk definitely has a play. She's okay to play with the plushies. Okay. Sasha, there are like 12 toys on the floor. Why do you got to pick more out? Because I want the ones that aren't out for me. Because Red 13 is huge and awesome. I have... Uh, and she's an agent of chaos. Yeah, I have a plushy red 13. It's beautiful. Okay. So we got two new two new traditions in here. The Way of Mercy and the Astral Wave. Self. Which I like Astral Self a lot, but also Monkus was a cool character. Yeah, Monkus was a really cool character. And but he was, to... he was UA Astral Self. Yes. I don't think that much has changed, though I haven't looked too deeply into it before this. So, because... We, we, we both paladin. forgot about monks. <laughs> forgot the order of the alphabet. Yep. Yep. Uh, so you get a, a merciful mask with your way of the way mercy. Of the mer- with way of mercy monk. Um, no, no. You, and it, you, it, it you gives are... you it gives you some options like the plague doctor mask and a bunch of other ones that aren't as cool. Yeah. I mean, Stay over here. why, why, why wouldn't you be a plague doctor? Like, the idea of being a plague doctor that just punches people to heal them. I'm healing you! You can basically be Moira with this one because they also have a way to inflict harm with their martial arts die. A hand of harm. You can use your key to inflict wounds. You can spend a key point to add uh, necrotic damage plus your wisdom modifier to your unarmed strikes. Find a pen and pencil. Okay, that's fine. You can play with that. Uh, you also get the way you also can spend your martial arts die to heal. Just you no know, useful, especially considering if you're. I'm gonna... trying to help me understand this this feature real quick. Hand of healing. As an action, you can spend a key point to touch a creature and restore a number of hit points equal to the roll of your martial arts die plus your wisdom modifier. Okay, fine. So you take an action. Uh. Touch a creature, an ally, presumably, and heal them. Okay, but when you use your fl- when you use your flurry of blows, you can replace one of them with this. So, 
She's just tossing everything on the floor. Yeah, that's what she does. So <laughs> the way I'm envisioning it is if you and an ally, like a paladin or a barbarian, are ganging up on one target, you can be like, I'm going to flurry of blows. And one of them is going to be a quick healing healing touch. I guess. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. And there's also an 11th level flurry of healing and harm, which lets you replace each of the unarmed strikes with a hand of healing or a oh. hand of harm. Yeah. That, that, that's good, because you can just be like, yeah, more damage, or yeah, I'm actually being useful. But you can only hand of harm once. Only one of your strikes in your flurry of blows can be a hand of harm. So you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to add my monk die plus wisdom modifier necrotic to every single hit of my... Which, I mean, it's still very powerful. Yeah, and I mean, monk does have pretty good damage just it's more. It's, it's more smaller hits. It's, it's more smaller hits, and it feels a lot eventually like... So, like, rogue does it all in one hit. Yeah, rogue is like... Once per... Per round, I can make a sneak attack if the conditions are met, and that sneak attack is going to hit really, it's going to hit like a truck. Meanwhile, Monk is just like, okay, so I'm going to have to roll this, roll like 14 dice separately for each different hit, but like between them, it's still a sneak attack. Right, and the Not difference quite, is, but... the difference is, is that with the rogue, you're going to have a harder time against enemies with higher AC. Whereas with the Monk, I feel like you're going to have a harder time with enemies that have resistance yes because the higher ac doesn't matter as much because you're making you know a dozen attacks and one one's more likely to hit yeah you're, you're you're likely to get hits against a high ac enemy whereas if they have resistance though you know you're gonna have smaller amounts of damage already that are now getting cutting half uh-huh it's just i think that's the balance of it yep Whereas a rogue is going to look at that resistance and go, okay, you're still taking 40 damage after resistance. Like, I don't care. And then let's see here. The Hand of Ultimate Mercy. So you press Q and you res your whole team. Right? So it does. No. <laughs> that, that's no, Mercy. it's, it's, that's Mercy's it's, ultimate it's res one thing. <laughs> it's, 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 her, it's her res now, not when it was when res was her ultimate. Yeah. And they gain 40, 10 plus your wisdom modifier hit points. And they can have died within the last 24 hours. So you have time to do it. Yeah, that's really useful. Especially if you're in a party that tends to have people die. Right, or if you're DM, there's a there's a, a, a 5e supplement that I heard about recently. And I think it's pretty old now. I think it's a few years old now. But it's it's a it's a monster manual that is all monster every single monster in it is cr10 or higher oh and they're designed to kill players oh like it'll say in the beginning fighting this monster should result in one to four player deaths uh. <laughs> <laughs> or this one is going to be a tpk most likely so it's like these really challenging monsters and if your dm is pulling from that book i don't remember what's called top of my head forgive me uh but i saw it in a in a youtube video and i was like that's a really cool book i should get that sorry adam mm -hmm. but <laughs> um Sorry for what. I, I kind of want to get that book. Oh. <laughs> and, and start killing. I've never... I don't, th I don't think I've ever killed a player except for your one ranger. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I kind of went through and tried to kill you guys. And, like, I kept failing and failing and failing with, like, Rakdos and four ancient dragons when you were all level 20 with, like, two 
Oh yeah, when we did the uh, that little one shot the, 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 gladiator, the gladiator ring. Yeah, yeah. What ended up being and the most difficult thing that we fought was, was each when, other. Was when Phil fell off and was like, "You can be brought back, but you have to try to kill all the other competitors." Like, let's not have the screwdriver though. Pens are okay, not the screwdriver. Yep. <laughs> um, we do not have a baby-proof house. No. It, that, that'll be all right. We're, we're starting to play D&D at my house tomorrow, so. And that house is more baby-proofed. Well, yeah, you have one that lives there. Yeah. What's she snapped out? Matches. Uh, what's she yeah. going to do with matches? She doesn't know how to light a match. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep them out of kids' hands, everybody. <laughs> Maybe her astral self will manifest and let her light a match. Oh, we missed an ability. Physician's Touch. Oh, who cares about the physicians? Uh, it lets you remove diseases or conditions with your hand of healing. Or know if they've got prostate cancer. Or you can poison people with hand of harm. <laughs> Who's on the phone? Uh, Tim Apple. He wants to know why you're trying to call on your remote. <laughs> okay, Astro Self Monk. This one's really cool thematically for me because... I've been playing a lot of Borderlands 3 lately, and the Astral Self Monk is just Amara from Borderlands 3. <laughs> I'm sorry, but just this, this quote from Tasha. Note to self, create a spell that lets you throat punch people with your ghost. Tasha's notes are enough for me to recommend this book. Like, the content's great, but Tasha's notes. Like, just, Do you see the one for the uh, Way of Mercy? Plague Doctor, some looks never go out of style. <laughs> I mean, it really don't. It came about in the 1800s, and people, you can still buy them on Etsy. My favorite one is uh, Fey Wanderer, though. Do you think a kilt is a vital part of Fey Wandering aesthetic? And if not, why are you so wrong? <laughs> but we'll get to Ranger in a few weeks. Um, so the Astral Self Monk, this is kind of like that, like... It, it, I find it themed after that belief that we are more than our physical bodies. We have, yes. you know, an ascendant, guess what it's called? Astral self. <laughs> but this way of the monk is about turning that into something that can, you know, protect you and physically harm your enemies and manifesting oh, yeah. that, that, that thing. It's like, I'm going to astral project while I'm conscious and I'm going to beat you up with my astral I projection. Mean, th this was so cool. I asked to include a feature into my fighter that let him have a third arm because he was just like, yeah, I've, I've studied under the people that Monk has studied under and learned how to do this a little Tapped bit. Tapped into your astral self. Hey, do you want food instead of whatever you're chewing on? So, like... <laughs> so, anyway. So, basically what it lets you do is at the third level you can summon a set of arms. They just, like, spawn from your shoulders. Uh, specifically... Uh, it says you can spend one key point to summon the arms. When you do so, a creature of your choice that you can see within 10 feet of you must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take force damage equal to two rolls of your martial arts die. So just add force damage to your dex? Yeah, and then uh, for 10 minutes, they stay near your shoulders. You determine the arms' appearance, and if, if they manage, or they. Yeah. I can't read or speak today, apparently. So, uh, they vanish early if you are incapacitated or die. While they're present, you gain the following. You can use your wisdom, wisdom modifier in place of your strength modifier when making strength checks and strength saving throws. Uh, you can use the spectral arms to make unarmed strikes. 
When you make an unarmed strike with the arms in your turn, your reach is five feet greater than normal, so they can go further. Because, like, stretchy ghost powers, I guess. Oh, whoops. She just clunked her head on the corner. I'm gonna play a, I'm gonna play a bugbear, astral self monk, and just have 15 foot reach with my astral arms. Oh, she did not like that. That's all right. You're a tough kid. She, she clunked. Are you gonna join the coalition? To defeat the Gullera, I have Voltron posters, and she pointed right at Hunk, so she has good taste. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, then the unarmed strikes can be made with the wisdom modifier in place of your strength or dexterity. So basically, if you decided. Huh, I want to be a really weak and really bad at dodging Monk. This is the class to go to. You just dump it all in Wisdom. Monk is already a... I feel like it's a stat-heavy class. Because you want to have high dex for your attacks and your unarmed defense. You want to have high uh, Wisdom for... Key stuff. Key stuff. and uh, Especially if you're like Four Elements Monk. All the saving throws for the spell-like abilities you get are Wisdom-based. Um... I guess they're not that stat heavy. You really don't need charisma or intelligence or no, but strength. Like, but this makes it the, the astral self makes it a little less stat heavy. You'll still want the decks for your AC. But, but the, the nice thing is, is it makes it so that you can still be like, yeah, I'm a super strong man because like a lot of the times you're going to be dumping into into decks and just like, well, yay, I'm really dexterous and I can punch, but. I've built up all this body mass and a muscular and all this stuff, and I can't lift a feather. Just playing with a swiver. That's gross, Sersha. That has dust on it. Why don't you play with the Pokemon? There's so many toys out, but you just want to find dusting implements and, and wires. It's like, I've, I've already tried it. There, yes, yeah, yeah, play with the mouse. Okay, you can start your gaming journey now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with a ball mouse. <laughs> She's just has to She's having a great time and, yeah. exploring. Bringing things down to her level. Alright. Uh, but, yeah. So, basically you get arms, you get to use wisdom modifiers to punch, and then at level 6, you can summon a whole visage of yourself. So basically you get to hold, like... You get a mask and arms. Yeah, you get, like, face going on. It's crazy cool. Uh, it gets you the following benefits. Astral Sight. You can see in darkness and magical and non-magical up to 120 feet. Nice. So that's really cool and would actually have been really useful in the Underdark. Um, <laughs> Wisdom of the Spirit. You have advantage on insight and intimidation checks. And then Word of the Spirit. When you speak, you can direct your words to a creature of your choice that you can see within 60 feet of you, making it so that only the creature can hear you. Hmm. Alternatively, you can amplify your voice so that all creatures within 600 feet can hear you. <laughs> Just be present Mike from yeah. My Hero. So, here's my question. So, Monk has a feature to make yourself really loud. Yep. Paladins have a spell that let them be very, very loud. Yep. Why doesn't Bard get anything to make themselves very, very loud? I don't know. There is, however, an entire bard subclass, College of Whispers, based on being quiet. <laughs> the quiet bard. Yeah, but like... Even Rogue has like a loud class with the the, uh, the swashbuckler. With your class features like panache. <laughs> and a certain genus aqua. It's not one of their features, <laughs> but it should be. 
It's a certain je ne sais quoi. I actually recently learned what that translates to. Yeah. I don't know. A certain, I don't know what it is. That's what that literally means. <laughs> Thanks, France. <laughs> it's something, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that you, you can't quite quantify it with words, but you know it's there. So it's a very, it's a very apt phrase and I like it a lot. Nice. Thank you, Sir Hammerlock, for teaching it to us. Anyway, uh, so body of the astral self lets you just kind of create a body double. It covers your physical form like a suit of armor. So uh, think like the uh, the Umbras from Magic the Gathering. Mm. But instead of it being a bear that surrounds you, it's just you. Well, it could be a bear. Well, if you are a bear. You have a, a form of your astral self. It doesn't have to just look like you. It can look like something within your character. It talks about like... True. Uh, what are the quirks that that Monkuses define look your monk? demonic? Yeah, yeah, that could be if you if you came from like an evil monk thing. I think people generally associate monks with being neutral, but I also like the idea of good and evil monks. Oh yeah, and Monkus was very much an evil one. Mm-hmm. And Andrew played a Rakdos monk, which was kind of just like playing I mean, against type. I mean, Rakdos isn't really. Evil. Rakdos is sadistic. Right. And he was the, they like playing the, like it, they like pain and all that stuff, but it's all fun and consensual. Not always. There's a whole thing about them going they, they throw parties and entire neighborhoods get destroyed by their parties. I don't think all those people consented. Oh, of course they did. The, the Rak, Rakdos <laughs> wouldn't have come there if they didn't. <laughs> is that but good? Anyway, the awakened astral self. <laughs> is I really like this. So your connection to your astral self is complete, allowing you to unleash its full potential. As a bonus action, you can spend five key points to summon the arms, visage, and your body and awaken it for 10 minutes. And this ends early if you're incapacitated. It always goes away if you're incapacitated or die. Uh, When it's awakened, you gain the following benefits. So you gain everything from before, but you also get plus two to your armor class and the Astral Barrage of whenever you use the extra attack feature to attack twice, you can instead attack three times if all attacks are made with your Astral Arms. That's a lot of attacks. Yeah. That's a so lot like, of attacks. Hey, let's let us just, you know, double up your extra attack. <laughs> and then one of them is going to be a flurry of blows. Yeah, so it's just... <laughs> lots and lots of hits. I like that each feature is like... Really builds on itself. You start with the arms yeah. and the visage and the body. Yeah, it's it just, it, it's one of those classes where it's not like, oh, here's, you're from this part of it. And here's you from the, no, it's just like, here is the thing that this class is. And it's just going to keep building. It's just going to keep getting better and better mm-hmm. and better. It it progresses. And I really like that about Home this. rule, at 17th level, you also gain the ability to cast Astral Project once per day. Because it blows, it just, it, why does the Astral Self Monk not get the ability to cast Astral Projection as like a ritual? Because they're not trying to project themselves somewhere else. They're trying to project their true self into the physical plane. You can't play with the goat. That's the one toy you can't play with. Yeah. Forbidden fruit. (laughs) My my, my face. Ooh, 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 that face. She has this like, ooh, what? Oh, that, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she re- I have a goat on the recording arm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have a picture of this somewhere. Uh, but she just really wants to play with that goat. and She, does. she likes goats. She, she it, It's tied around. Uh, I'll, this, next October, I'll send her a goat mail of it. So okay. She can have her own. 
She, uh... Yeah. You Goat Mail. It's, it's one of the best websites I've ever ever heard of, just because of the name. She did pet a goat at the at the gym, at the zoo on her birthday, so that's probably why she likes the goat so much. I know. Yeah. So I think, Monk, I really want to talk about like who your master is and who your what your uh, what's the word? Do- where, where you're trained, your monastery, your dojo, whatever it is. But I think this is also a good opportunity to talk about playing a lawful character. And I kind of wanted to save it for paladins because paladins are absolutely lawful. At least I think they should be. Well, we are talking about paladin this week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also think monk is a class that has like a, an unwritten rule that monks are going to be lawful. Yeah, I and mean, the it, first monk I ever tried to play was lawful good. And had to deal with the Splunge the Philanderer, who was chaotic evil. And the only reason why we could stay in a party together is because we were cursed. That if we tried to kill the other one, we would die. And we both had this moral sense of, like, uh, no, I can't let them live. Right. And I just, I like I like lawful characters. Because I like to play, like, my upcoming character for Icewind Dale is lawful good. And... But he's also, you know, kicked out of his village because he murdered somebody in a fit of rage. And the thing that I think people don't think about when they're thinking about playing a lawful character, like a monk, a paladin, a, a cleric that follows a lawful good god, whatever it might be, is they look at that alignment and they're like, so my character's going to be infallible and they're going to follow the rules, whether it's the law, their code, whatever it is that you decided is the lawful aspect of your lawful character and they're going to follow it to the letter all the time no matter what but i think that playing a lawful character who sometimes fails you know if you're a monk or a paladin who took some kind of oath in your temple or with your order she might just fall asleep on the floor it's almost bedtime oh boy and she's on a different nap schedule now too so she's going to bed a little earlier oh but anyways as a monk, you have like, oh, these are the order, these are the rules of the temple I'm from. And if you're a paladin, you know, have your oath. If you're right. a cleric, you have the tenets of your god. Because you follow those, that doesn't mean that you're going to succeed at following them all the time. Oh, I think no. it would it would it adds a layer of role playing to your character if you sometimes mess up. I mean, just look at the reality of things. Like, look at Christianity. Right, and they, they they got some good some good rules in there, but not a whole lot of people follow them. And like, if you have a character who's like, "This is the moral code I follow. I'm going to do it all the time," but then you have an, a session where your DM is presenting your character with a no win situation, with stop playing the remotes, with something that would stress a real person out, and your character in a in a moment of weakness of emotion goes against their moral code, their rules that they follow. That doesn't mean that you're not playing a lawful character anymore. It means you're playing a, for lack of a better word, human character. A personable character. Yeah, a a real person or a a seemingly real person. And you can give that to me. Yeah, it should stay over there. It's not a string, that's a a $30 cable. I know, you want to play with the cords. But playing a monk who's like, yeah, this is the, these are the, 
the rules of my temple that I grew up with. I, I follow them out in the world and I became an adventurer to you know, spread teachings and help the small folk reach spiritual enlightenment, recruit, look for recruits for the temple, whatever it is that sent you out there. You're going to have those rules that you follow, those tenets of belief that your character has. And there's going to be times when if your DM is really good at that role-playing pillar of play, they're going to test that. And I mean, yeah. if every single session you sit down and your lawful character acts like a murder hobo, then you probably ought not to be playing a lawful character. No, no. Got Winston. And, but if it's, you know, every couple sessions, your character does something that doesn't fit that mold, that idea that they put themselves in. Then you get the opportunity to roleplay your character dealing with that. How does your monk character that you're playing react to the fact that in a moment of passion, in a heat of the moment thing, they broke the tenets of their temple? They behave dishonorably how, to how, what their temple holds as virtues. How does your monk handle being cast in Saw? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate Saw. I don't like gore porn, but exactly. Like, because that's a great opportunity for you as a role player to grow, is to say, yeah, my character broke one of the ten virtues of their temple, and now they have to deal with it. It doesn't have to be, like in old editions of D&D, if paladins broke their oaths, they lost their powers... And then they had to go on redemption quests to do it. You could do that. Or you could just have it be like, hey, earlier today, your character broke one of the virtues that you came up with when you were making your character. Stop it. How, what, how, how is he feeling? Do you remember how when we first started playing Out of the Abyss and we were recording it, I would always start the session with, how's everybody feeling? How are your characters feeling about their circumstances? How are they dealing with the events of the last session? And that's that opportunity to come up to think about, hey, my character broke one of their virtues. They might be, you know, you might start role-playing them as acting differently, as, you know, trying to come to terms with what they've done. Maybe if you're playing a monk, it's a matter of, yeah, my monk is going to go into these meditative moments instead of interacting with people and sitting around the campfire and talking and joking and doing what they normally do. They are... They're dealing with something because of an action that they took, because of something that they said. Yep, that's... I really like that whole concept in there, but one of the things that I think really needs to be focused on with the monks is that sometimes they aren't so bent on their tenets, on the laws that they have to follow. They can sometimes be free-form and just be like, yeah, I, I learned how to master myself, but mm -hmm. that doesn't determine how I have to act in the world. Right, I like... I, 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 I was taught how to control my body, my <laughs> spirit. Right, yeah, you could, have a, you could have a very physical, focused temple that they come from. I also like, going back to Overwatch, because I, I love Zenyatta, good old drunk Yada. And you are tired. <laughs> I like... Some of, her, some of his backstory is that he is kind of a pariah from his temple you know he kind of he goes the, like the temple he's from if i remember correctly they're like yeah you stay here and you seek enlightenment and you do that here at this temple and zenyatta is like no i want to go out into the world and seek it because that's where i'm going to find it you know i'm going to find it helping people and teaching others and guiding others not sitting here in this musty old temple on a mountain 
with a bunch of other people that are the exact same as me. Yes, and I was just like, hey, check your privilege. Right. <laughs> because I really want to hear Zenyatta say, check your privilege. <laughs> and that's a monk that I would want to play, is one that like turned their back on their temple because they, they grew up with it and they learned this art form and they learned their martial arts and they, they reached a level of enlightenment and they were like, we can do more, we can do better, we can help more people. We can be less picky and choosy about who comes in. You know, maybe it's a matter of the, the temple turns someone away who is seeking to join it because they're like, oh, you're not worthy. I know, honey. I know you're getting tired. Not worthy. Uh, no. And, and then your monk is like, what do you mean people aren't worthy? They're people. It doesn't matter where they come from or what race they are. Maybe maybe your, your monk grew up in a racist temple. <laughs> yeah. We only let you know, maybe you're, you're playing like a Goliath monk high on a mountain temple that only lets Goliaths in and somebody comes there seeking it, like a human or a half-orc comes seeking enlightenment. And or a dwarf. The Goliaths are like, uh, no, get out of here. Beat it. You only come up to our shins? Nah. <laughs> get out of here. And then your character, your player character monk is like, that goes against everything that we teach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you see the contradiction? Yeah. <laughs> and that's I think that's a great kicker for why your monk's an adventurer. Because you're breaking the camera. <laughs> some some monks... That's going to hurt if you lay on Bowser. <laughs> child rolling around on the floor with t toys. You push these back uh, so you can't reach them. This is the curse of being a parent, apparently. You're not allowed to record podcasts without having to manage a child every five seconds. You, she just managed constantly. And we're going to hang out all night because Mommy's going to hang out with her friend. It's going to be great. Actually, by the time I get home, she's probably going to want to go to sleep. She's been going to bed around 7.30. So. Oh, well, yeah. And it's about there. It's almost bedtime. But yeah, I think... I want, maybe I'll do another, we'll, we should do another episode on Monk again in the future that is specifically right. Masters and Temples. Oh, yeah. I think just uh, for us to sit down for half an hour and spitball ideas for interesting Masters and interesting Temples and just how they can fit into your world is something that could be worth our time. And it's something that when we start homebrewing our next world, that's something that I want to take some time to go through with the group is, hey, what about Monks? Let's talk about Temples and Masters and stuff like that. And it's just, it's an aspect of the monk character that has a strong anchor in the world building. And I think if you are a DM and somebody at your table is like, hey, I want to play a monk, then if they don't come to you and say, let's talk about my temple and my master and its place in the world, you as the DM should reach out to them because it gives you so many hooks. Oh, for, yeah. it gives you it gives you a place in your world that you can build around. It gives you adventure hooks. It gives you you know your your characters are traveling, and then all of a sudden a messenger comes up and is looking for the monk in your party. It's like something's happened to the temple. Yeah, I mean, basically, when you have that kind of a backstory to it, you've just opened up a bait shop for your entire for right. Your DM. Absolutely, you know it could be oh the the grand master has passed away, and you need to come to the temple and help us choose the new grand master. And the party tags along because why not? And, and then the party finds out that the grandmaster was murdered. Master, yeah, he was murdered, or somebody is trying to. Somebody who's vying for that position has not so good ideas for the future of the temple, and it's an opportunity for, for you to retire your monk character. If you don't want to play them anymore, they can become the master of that temple, and then they're an NPC ally that 
the party can reach out to because like, yep. oh, we need we need help. Let's talk to our old adventuring buddy who is the master of this temple now. But yeah, we'll do an episode. We'll do a whole episode on temples and masters yeah. later. I, I actually now physically have a short list of things that we need to get. Nice. To. Put warlock patrons on there too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, she just amped up the. I mean, that's not anything dangerous. She just amped up the fan speed. Yeah, we're getting some filtering now. That is very sensitive. <laughs> yeah. That is very sensitive. But yeah, monks. I think I, I kind of feel bad that I forgot about monks. <laughs> until like the other day like just the other day I was like oh crap Monk <laughs> that's okay I didn't remember about Monk until you watched him and was like hey guess what I went oh crap Monk Monks are a thing that exists so Monk uh, one of Paladin's most uh, unique subclasses <laughs> next week we will actually talk about Paladins because we got to dedicate an episode to our good friend Tess who thinks paladins are boring because they're not. Paladins are awesome. They really are. And monks are awesome too. I think monks, are, I think our table has yet to have like a, like Monkus was a really good monk, but he was only there for a few sessions. True. And he was evil. Yeah. He became evil. an NPC villain by the end of that campaign. But. Which we haven't actually ever finished. We should someday. Yes. But, um, yeah, monks are cool. I hope I hope Phil's monk. Well, Phil's playing a very out of character monk. I think his his yeah. fairy folk drunken drunken fist, fist monk. That's just a which I mean a problem. I mean, <laughs> drunken fist is like the subclass that's just like, hey, so you want to play a monk, but you don't want to act like a monk. Here's a monk. Well, I actually, I actually recently watched the Jackie Chan movie, The Drunken Master. I don't remember if that's the exact title. It was, it was like a it wasn't recently. We live in. The Midwest recently could mean five years ago, but his character is very monkish. He's very, you know, ordered and a monk until he gets booze in him and then he turns into a fighting machine. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, are you going to throw a tantrum because Adam I, took something you shouldn't I, have away from you? I, 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 took, I took my bear's binder for magic away from her and she's very upset about that. She wanted to step on them. <laughs> you oh. can't go outside. It sounds like she wants to. <laughs> Maybe we'll let you out for a minute. Get some fresh air on the deck. <laughs> or, can't, we're not going to San Francisco. Why not? It's such a good idea. Because <laughs> we're going to Florida next year and I don't have that kind of money for two trips. Yeah. I'm just a carpenter, Sersha. I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can help us fix that if you donate to the podcast. But anyway, I think we should wrap this up and stop our Midwestern goodbye. Yeah. I think all of our episodes end in a Midwestern goodbye. <laughs> but guess where we're from? Michigan. So next week is Paladin, actually. Love you, Tess. We're going to talk about why you're wrong. <laughs> and as always, keep on delving. <laughs>